UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, howling in the street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have another uh, fascinating guest with me tonight. I think this is like the eighth or ninth time he's been on my show. I have back with me Jim Gerard. You know, he's known for dice code divination, time travel. Um, he's going to talk about tonight about, um, we, we, me and Jim all talk about a lot of stuff, UFOs and all that stuff. And, um, and he's the author of two books. He's the author of Dice Code Divination, Rise of the Mythic Leaders and uh, The Journey to Eternity, The Singularity Adventure. And uh, he's writing a new book, which he's going to tell us about tonight um, as well. But we're, we're going to be talking about a, like a possible solar flash night or, you know, the end of humanity. But uh, I want to welcome him back to the show. Jim, thank you for coming back on. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me on again. Good. So wh where do you want to start with this? Like, well, wait, first, do you want to talk about your new book first? Uh, before I get started with the new book, uh, I wanted to tell you about something that happened about a month ago where I got a, a thing in the mail, which was uh, from a publishing company telling me that I had been selected to be an a international poet and that uh, millions of people around the world would be reading my poems and that they chose me to be a participant in a global poetry contest. Wow, that's fascinating. When 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 will you know the results? Uh, it's going to be sometime this year, and uh, you know, I'm not thinking I'm going to be like the top winner or anything, but they did pick my poem. Yeah, that's amazing. Like you got to keep us posted and let me know. Like if you win, I'll post it on my uh, my channel or something. Or like that that'd be huge. That'd be awesome. Like, um, wow, that's amazing. Like that that's amazing. So yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link to the uh, the letter that they sent me in the mail. Yeah, can we vote for you? Uh, I don't know about the voting process. I'll have to find out about that. Yeah, find out if we can vote for you, and then we can post that on the thing and like get people to vote for it. Yeah. You know? But well, um, okay, so but before we get into that, did you want to talk about the solar flash first stuff, or do you want to talk about your book first? Well, I just wanted to let you know that uh, the, the files are being submitted and it's going to be published on Amazon real soon. And uh, opening up to page one, uh, top of the list of interviews is typical skeptic. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's I mean, you know, think about it. Uh, I sent you an email. I was a total stranger. You didn't know anything about me and you took a chance. And, uh, you know, it worked out. 
Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. I'm so honored to be in the book. Like that's that's real cool. And we've done so many shows since then. But I think this is like the eighth or ninth show we've done, maybe ten. Well, you kind of put me on the map. Oh, I'm happy. That's great. I'm. I'm, I'm yeah, glad. I mean, that's it was really a, cool. It was a real stepping stone, and uh, you know, I was able to do several other interviews because of this platform right here. I, I didn't realize that my 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 platform had that much reach, but obviously it does. That's cool. That that's that's real cool. That's real huge news, man. That's awesome. Um. So okay, let me go over this solar flash thing that you you sent me. Um. I'm guessing you wrote this. It says I'll go through it paragraph by paragraph. It says artificial intelligence. It says organic solar flash event or artificial intelligence EMP blast. Human destiny right now is tethering on the breaking point at the end of two numerous cycles, time cycles, prophecies, and predictions. There are two possibilities which have potential to determine the direction of the future of the human race, organic and inorganic artificial intelligence. The organic version is the most desirable, even though all the consequences would be severely painful and almost unbearable, depending on one's prior knowledge of the event and the person's level of preparedness. Did you want to talk about that before I read more? Well, I, I've been getting ready now for about 20 years, um, learning how to distill water without electricity and uh, stocking up on food, uh, knowing how to cook without electricity, how to drink water from a stream. Um, you know, all of those things I've been preparing for about 20 years now. And uh, the thing I've noticed uh, just in the past couple of weeks, uh, ever since this John D'Souza video came out where he's talking about an EMP blast, uh, I've been hearing the word EMP come up everywhere. I've heard it 20 different times just in the past week. You know, news reports and videos, interviews and comments. And, uh, you know, Cliff High, who sort of, uh, you know, invented the idea of the web bot says that if something on the internet keeps getting repeated over and over again, it's bound to actually happen. Well, I never thought about that. So it's like we're, we're creating our own reality. Yeah, creating a real event through uh, repetition and then seeing it, hearing it, thinking about it. I was going to say, because you would think that someone would have to really, I think for events to manifest, people really got to think it out. They got to really think the event out, like, um, like imagining it in their mind happening and stuff. Like, I don't know if most people can think like that into it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if people are really worried about it, I guess they can, you know, like, what, what are your thoughts? Well, um, I, I wrote a comment in my new book, which says that uh, a lot of people aren't really going to learn my dice method because the way to learn it is to slow your thoughts down to zero so that you can observe the pattern between your thoughts and your desires and the, the letter sequence that comes out when you throw the dice. So, you know, you, you don't have to slow your thoughts down to go through, you know, 24 hours every day of the week. You your thoughts are lightning fast. You know, you, you can think of an entire sentence in, in a split second, and then it takes a little bit longer to, you know, say it vocally. But uh, 
that the divination method is one where you slow your thoughts down to zero and you look at the letters that, that come out in the dice throw and you observe your thoughts and how they came out in the letter sequence. Boy, I was going to say, can this be applied to other things too besides the dice? Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's a form of uh, enlightenment where, um, you know, you, you think about yourself being the observer, observing the observer. So like in my situation, like if I wanted to have a lot of money, I would I would observe myself having a lot of money. No, you, you would observe yourself thinking about having a lot of money. Wait a minute. I'm observing myself thinking about having a lot of money. Right. Okay. Well, what's the because you know because the money hasn't come yet, so you wouldn't you wouldn't be thinking about having the money because you don't have it. You'd be thinking about yourself thinking about it. Where does this observer concept come from? It it's just a basic. Um, sort of template for, for understanding the process of enlightenment. I mean, you're going to find it in all areas of, uh, you know, religious and spiritual and uh, any kind of writing or, or teaching that has to do with enlightenment. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. Well, I'll keep reading on about this. What, what do you think might happen? It says, when we were talking about the, the, the solar flash event versus the EMP blast, says the organic version would be a solar flash, sometimes known as a coronal ejection. The Carrington event is a good example of what can happen. When the Carrington event solar flash occurred, there were no electrical grid like we have now, but there was Morse code telegraph lines were shut down as a result of the flash. If a Carrington event happened today, the electrical grid would be completely or perhaps mostly shut down as a direct result of the result of the coronal rejection. Yeah, the Carrington event uh, happened, I think, in the late 1852. Yeah, 1800s. And uh, that was the probably the biggest solar flash that, that ever happened. And uh, right now, we're, we're on the bridge of another big solar flash. You know, according to the uh, Frank Jacob looking glass, happens between now and 2030. But like, as far as, uh, doesn't he think that the blast will be somewhat positive or like, or, or, or what's he feel about it? Well, it depends how you think about the word positive. I mean, it's going to have some devastating effects if, if you consider the fact that you won't have electricity. You know, you won't have any lights on. We won't be talking on the internet. Your refrigerator is going to go out. Yeah, so you got to learn how to live off the land. Like, have you, have you been, do you do gardening as well? No, I, I've thought about, you know, learning some aquaponics. Um, but right now it's a little off in the future for me. Yeah. Like you're just you just know like the the basic like survival skills right now is what you're saying. Yeah, just just the basics. Like, um, it, there's a type of candle that you can make with Crisco. I haven't been able to do it myself, you know, successfully. But according to this uh, these instructions, uh, you can put a candle in in Crisco, and it, it'll burn for uh, a week or two. 
Wow. So you so you basically just like put a wick in there. Yeah, it, but the problem is, is once the wick melts the Crisco, the, the wick falls into the liquid Crisco and it goes out. Oh. So I, I've been trying to figure out how to get around that problem. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know you were so into like prepping. Like that's that's interesting. Like, so what do you think the chances are that like something like this actually happens? Well, uh, let's talk about the the John D'Souza video. Yeah. What What did that? Who? Well, first of all, what what show did he come on? Uh he's got his own channel on YouTube. Oh, okay. Okay. What he's saying is that the uh, the Chinese balloon was neither Chinese nor a balloon, but that it was a payload, and that the payload was dropping plutonium bullets. And these plutonium bullets were acting as markers so that they could know where to set off the, the EMP blast. Oh my God, that's insane. You know, the, the whole thing is this. It, if they know there's a solar flash coming that's gonna knock out the grid, and they decide that you know they're going to do it before the sun does it. That puts them in a very advantageous kind of situation. Yeah. If it happens naturally, if the sun does it, that that would be you know organic, and that that would be in, in harmonic resonance with all of the uh, predictions and prophecies of the ancient past. Yeah. Now, what is what, what? What I wanted to get into that. You're right. If there was no existence of counteractive forces such as secret societies and the deep state, organic events would happen right on schedule, and no counteractive forces would be trying to alter them. The timeline outcome. Did you want to get into that? Yeah. Uh, Lord Shiva said at one point that evil has always existed throughout history, and that evil will always exist in the material world all the way into the future. Yeah. And and that's 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 really well said. It's funny that they knew back then, you know, about how evil people could be and now it's still to this day. Like people are, are yeah. corrupt as ever, you know? That's right. Yep. I mean, uh, evil is actually a, a form of it, it's more like resistance than it is evil in the sense that um, you know, like if you think about how small babies uh, develop their immune system, they develop by crawling across dirty floors. Yeah. Their, their immune system gets stronger by them being exposed to the bacteria that's on the floor and everywhere else. Yeah, so what you're saying is our bodies have a natural immunity to stuff. Yeah, an immunity which which builds up and gets stronger uh, from its exposure to resistance. Okay, so I was gonna say like it, it just what if somebody's in a like already like 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 put into a uh, highly stressful situation like the one we're talking about like say there's an EMP blast and then you're a survivor. And now all of a sudden you're thrust into that situation. What's your immune system going to be like then? Would it go down or would it go up because of survival? Depends on the person. 
Oh, I get, okay, you're saying like their biological makeup or whatever. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are just going to go into shock. Yeah. And then, you know, there's others that, well, you know, you heard the saying, uh, it's better to be prepared and educated than be unprepared and uneducated. Yeah. You know, if you know about these things ahead of time and you prepare for it, and, and you just know what to do and how to prepare for it, then you're better off. Yeah. That, that's, yeah, here, I'll, I'll keep reading on. It says, uh, the word foe is generally thought of as meaning an enemy, but it's a real definition it means resistance. Pain and suffering and the confusion of and critical thinking are all beginning steps which lead to transformation and enlightenment. The Tibetans called it the heightened reality, which is a state of consciousness where one's observations are on high alert. And then you, and then you have that quote by Lord Shiva. Lord Shiva stated once that evil has always existed throughout history and will continue to always exist as long as there is a material universe. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, the Tibetans called it um, heightened heightened reality. Is what they call it, which is a uh... A state of reality where where your consciousness is like on high alert. Yeah, yeah. How that's why you... that's why a lot of people like uh, if, if they really get some kind of a good message, uh, and you're interviewing them, it, there's a sort of uh, excitement in their voice. Oh, and that's that's a heightened state of awareness, right? Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, like that. that that's interesting. Like, but so we can reach these states naturally, like easily, is what you're saying. Like sometimes we may not even know we're in this state. Yeah, but the problem is, you know, for most people, uh, to get them to that state of awareness, it's going to take a tsunami or a EMP or an earthquake or something. <laughs> Because you know they're they're sleeping in dreamland. Yeah. No. Yeah. That. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. And that the, the whole world, the whole world is. Um, and then you continue to write. You wrote forces of resistance wish to control the narrative with artificial means that would take, but that would place them in a very advantageous position. If they could create an artificial solar event, like they would be able to control the narrative. They would be able to do so before. An organic flash, because after an organic flash, it would be too late to carry out their agenda. John D'Souza recently outlined an article event that would happen through an EMP burst. He was saying that the Chinese balloon was neither Chinese. Oh, you explained that already. Did you want to comment on that? Yeah, there, there were some further things that he talked about that I, I wanted to bring up because we've discussed this before in other interviews. And uh, what he's saying is that if they pull off this EMP blast, which is predicted for the 14th or 15th of this month, he's saying that they would make it mandatory that every person give a blood sample so that they can find out who's human and who's alien hybrid, which is another thing that we've covered in other interviews in the past, you know, regarding Dr. David Jacobs and the uh, the book hybrid walking among us yeah that's interesting like why why do you think D'Souza says that like 
people would have to take a blood sample to see who's human and who's alien. Like, what would they be looking for? I think the reason he's saying it is because uh, he's, he's a former FBI agent and he's got contacts on the inside. That's why he's saying it. Oh, but he's not saying that about the EMP. He's saying that about like a, like a, um, like a different situation in general. I well, all right. Here's what I think. I think the original five G antennas had a technology that could analyze blood and tell them who's human, who isn't. But then what happened was the Trump administration redesigned the five G antennas. And they put in a vanadium core instead. And I believe what they did was by replacing that inner core, they took out the technology that could analyze blood. I remember Cliff High talking about that. I remember that, that Cliff High specifically said that before too, that he thought that like these like 5G, because that's why they had to be in like such close proximity because they had to be able to identify who was human and who wasn't. And they can do, kind of do that through like a body scan or something like that, right? Or like a, yeah, like, or what, what, how would they, I wonder how they would detect it. That's what I'm saying. The first wave of 5G antennas had the technology in it, but apparently the second wave, which was created by the, the Trump administration, didn't have that technology in it. So, so then what they had to do was come up with plan B, which is have the EMP blast, and after the blast, make it mandatory to everybody get a blood test. That's, but why, why after the blast? Because like, they want to make sure everybody, the humans are human, and what do you mean? Like, okay, the, the whole thing about knowing who's human and who's not human is what they need to know to to make the, the next step after that one. Oh, oh okay, yeah. So yeah, they, they need to know what to do next, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, because you can't have aliens mixing in with our race. Yeah, like, right. see what you're saying. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, okay, yeah. Well, what do you think the chances are? Do you think the chances are that there's really something um, like uh, a hybrid program going on? I mean, I, I think so. Well, if, if you read any of uh, da David Jacobs' books and listened to his interviews, uh, he's pretty convincing. Yeah. But not only that, but he's uh, he's got a PhD. Yeah. People like to discredit his work. They like to discredit the work of Bud Hopkins and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> those guys weren't trying to tell people that, like, people were having contact on a good way they were telling people like the horrors of like the contact that was going on which like was like uh you know like i don't think david jacobs ever had one good contactee he he only dealt with abductees who hated it at least that's what he said well he he knew some things uh that he wasn't saying probably because i just wasn't allowed to say it yeah, you think he knew that deep, like it was that deep. Yeah, I, I think he knew a lot more than what he was saying. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, like, 
real quick, like, what are, what are some ways we can work on to like try to heighten our psychic abilities? Like, do you have you ever tried to do like telekinesis or psychokinesis, like experiments or anything like that? Yeah, I've tried, you know, throughout the years, but uh, it seemed to me like uh, thinking about doing it and trying to do it is kind of like the, the wrong way to approach it. But um, I, I think the best way to answer your question, at least the way I did it, was I fasted for five days, and at the end of five days, I had a vision. Wow. What was your vision? Uh, offhand, I can't remember what the vision was so many years ago, but, um, you know, if, if you look at the uh, the traditional ways of the American Indian, uh, whenever a boy was about to become a man, like around the age of 16 or 18, uh, he would go out into the woods for about two weeks and uh, just focus and listen to the, uh, you know, the birds and all the different noises and just focus on... Uh, you know, becoming a man and becoming enlightened. And in most cases, he would have a vision. Wow. I, I was going to say, I wonder if fasting will bring that on. Do you think like, and how? Yeah, the, uh, the thing about fasting is that it speeds up your metabolism. It makes it easier for your body because your body isn't struggling to digest food, which sort of frees your mind up in, as well. And it also frees up your psychic abilities. Wow, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize how that, how, how, cool, how much, how cool that worked. Like, because I, I've been doing fasting a lot lately. I've been trying it. Like, I, I've been doing it for like health reasons, but I haven't noticed any psychic. Um, but I haven't. I only do like sixteen to eighteen hour periods. Like, you know, yeah. like to start off. Like, I'm, I'm gonna gradually move it up and move it up and move it up. Like. To where I'm getting like 24 hours, 48 hours, 36. Yeah. You know, um, I, I'd like to get it to that, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah, even fasting for a half a day is is good. Yeah, probably like health wise, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, takes a lot of takes stress off off of your system. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of what else we wanted to cover. Oh, did you want to talk about real quick about time travel? Um, we haven't talked about that for a while, like about how that worked out with Steve Gibbs. Um, I, I haven't been in touch with Steve Gibbs and I haven't been really following um, what he's been doing. But there was this one guy who's uh, he's got a YouTube channel and he's saying a lot of negative things about Steve Gibbs and He's saying he worked for Steve Gibbs for 20 years and that Steve Gibbs was a total fraud and that nobody ever bought these time travel machines and got any results, but I didn't know what to make of it. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, there's a lot of that going on lately. Like, it, you know, like um, people are, a lot of that's going on in the UFO community too. Like people are, it seems like there's like the believers and there and there's the the, the the skeptics and like I'm kind of in the middle like but uh, there, people people are calling out people in the secret space program and and like all other stuff for you know they're saying that they're fakes and stuff and that stuff happened with Corey Good did you see that I'm not sure if I saw the one you're referring to 
Well, there, he has a he has a deposition basically saying that he was like he he admitted that he was lying about everything. That he oh, I didn't I didn't hear about that. Yeah, it's 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 according to. I mean, I would have to look it up. Like, you know, um, I, I don't know too much about it. Like, but um, he he basically admitted that um, he didn't he didn't go up into space. Yeah, um, I'm trying to see if I can find it right now. I should be more prepared for this. Um, I thought everybody knew about it by now. Um, well, I, I know Jay Widener went after him. What, what, what happened? What did Jay Widener say? Well, Jay Widener was there in the beginning and taught Corey Good, you know, some techniques about how to look into the camera and, you know, facial expressions and how to talk and tone of voice. And he, he taught Corey Good all of these things. And then apparently, you know, if what you're saying is true, that he made it all up, then maybe maybe that's the real story. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's crazy, right? I mean... Uh, I, I saw some recent videos of Corey Good, you know, talking while he's walking through the, the forest and stuff. And... Uh, he didn't look too happy. Yeah, I don't think he is. You know, uh, you know, everybody's turned on him and they're suing him and taking him to court. And you know, when you're going to court, that's all you think about. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, um, this was awesome, Jim. I don't have any other questions for you or anything. But um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we go tonight? Um. Now that you mentioned time travel, uh, I was just thinking about, you know, right before we get on the interview, I was thinking about this expansion of uh, Goddess Kali, which is named Kalratri. And Kalratri is the, uh, the goddess expansion of uh, both the Durga, Kali, and Parvati, who's the wife of Lord Shiva during the time of Atlantis. And Kalratri is the goddess of time. What what did she say about it? Like, what is she? Well, she can reverse time. She can go forward in time, and she can stop time. That's fascinating. That's fascinating that they had they they talked about that back then. You know. Like, oh yeah, it's 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 an eternal dialogue. Time travel. Oh yeah. Um, the reason I'm bringing it up is because um, not too many people know about this goddess that, you know, her specific potency is controlling time itself. That that makes me think about, like, what did the, the, the gods have over us that they can control our time? Maybe they can, maybe the gods can control our timeline. Maybe these, maybe these gods of all the, all the different pantheons were actually real at some point, and maybe they determine the fates of men. Like Matthew LaCroix calls them the ordainers of destinies. Like that they, you know, the, because they call themselves, the Anunnaki call themselves that. And the tablets, they call themselves the ordainers of destinies. Yeah. Well, even the demigods that control the forces of nature are puppets. To who though? To the Godhead. And, and do you think the Godhead is, is, uh, Positive or negative or dualistic? 
Um, neither. Because it's like what pure enlightenment of Godhead. Yeah, you know, in in consciousness itself doesn't contain polarity. Yeah, there, there's no higher and lower in consciousness. You know, if you if you look at the source codes of creation, it, there's no personality there. There's just this raw energy that doesn't have form and doesn't have personality. But it has consciousness, it's thinking, let's say, but it wants to associate. So in order to, to associate, it has to create versions of itself, which happens in duality. That's fascinating. Yeah, so now we're in this duality, and what we're perceiving is that there's higher and lower forms of consciousness. You know, light and dark, black and white, yin and yang. That that that, that is fascinating. Yeah, it's consciousness experiencing itself in the in the material world through humans. Oh, I got something I wanted to ask you about. This was I had this on your bio from last time. Like we talked about this like probably like four or five shows ago, but do you remember when we talked about the stone of Orion? Have you heard yes. anything about that? And then there was Amanda Radcliffe who uh, she does something with it or something like that. Uh, have you made any attempt to contact her at all? I, I think I did. I wasn't able. I wasn't successful. Like, um, I, I sent her a friend request. I haven't got a response, but uh, there's been a couple of more interviews with Richard Stanley, and uh, he, he responded to a comment that I made. In one of my interviews about the black stones, which is when you rub them together, it creates like a, a red, blood red sort of liquid that has healing properties. Wow. And is she is she healing people with it? Or is that, is that what yes. she does? Yeah. Yeah, she's got the stones. So what Richard Stanley said was that uh, there, there's a, a place like in a stream where these stones can be obtained. Where's that at? Did they, did they say? Off, offhand, I don't remember, but uh, what I'm thinking at, at this point is probably in France because that that's where he is and that's where she is. Oh, that's fascinating. So Somewhere in the Pyrenees Mountains. Yeah. Oh. Um, I, I, I'm trying to think if I have any other questions for you. I don't think so for tonight. Um, uh, did you want to close out? Do you want to tell everybody where they can find you? And and thank you for coming on again, Jim. And uh, yeah, do, and how they can get a reading if they want a reading. Yeah, they they can send me uh, two photos, one of each palm, and uh, you know it's followed up by a video chat. And if they want to uh, learn the dice method, they can buy Campbell's Alphabet Dice Game on Amazon. And uh, you know we'll we'll do it through video chat. Yeah, that's cool. Um, well, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll post this tomorrow. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be talking to you soon. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, if you could put a link to my uh, Facebook page, they can get in touch with me there. Okay. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Jim.